I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Waco and welcome to Waco PD on the beat. I am the Public Information Officer, Sierra Shipley. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. We have a Detective James Head with the Criminal Investigation Division. I didn't say that right. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I did say that right? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Oh, man, I thought I didn't it say that right. It used to be the neighborhood services section, but there we go. Okay. investigation division. Okay, very good. I was going to screw I, that up because I, I was thinking NSS, and then you said that, and I was like, wait, that's right, actually. Oh, gosh. <laughs> right. Oh, man. They reorganized the department, so that's, yes. yeah, it yes. is. Yes. Okay, very good. I, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, for some reason, I don't think this is right. But it is. <laughs> Criminal investigation division. And we, uh, this is our stats episode. We actually haven't had one in a while, just with the holiday season, but we usually do a kind of a stats episode of every month to look back on the month prior to see what we're seeing as far as crime goes in Waco. So, and you are here to talk about theft mm-hmm. and maybe some fraud as well. Um, kind of a big deal here in Waco. Before we get into that, though, uh, Detective James, go ahead and talk a little bit about your uh, uh, career here at Waco PD. How how long have you been here? Now you're trying to get me to tell my age, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I've been here 33 years and three months. Oh my, oh, you're to the dot, you're you're ready. Uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Counting it down. Yes, ma'am. It down. I've actually been a police officer for 40 years and eight months. Okay. I served at several other departments before I came to Waco. But I've been here 33 years uh, this October, and I've actually been in the theft unit. Back then it was called a Class C unit, but I've been in the theft unit 30 years. Oh, wow. So I've been in detectives for 30 years. Very good. And so is there a reason why you decided to kind of get into that unit? Is there, do you like that type of stuff? I like investigations. I've always liked mysteries. And as a child, I always uh, watched Sherlock Holmes Mm -hmm. and I always read books about uh, solving things. I I like to um, solve problems, puzzles, which that's what detectives mainly do is try to solve who did the crime, how they did it and why they did it. And so uh, I've always been interested in that, but I, I kind of got into police work by accident. Um, I became a reserve, reserve officer for a city in 1979 and um, got into it that way through a fire department, believe it or not. Uh, I was around police officers, actually dispatched a little bit uh, for the small town that I was in and got into it that way. And then when the opening came up, the chief asked me if I wanted to go to work there, and he caught me at the right time, so I got into police work. <laughs> All right, very It was never good. a career choice. It was just something that happened. See, so it's kind of like a, it's exactly. a trend we it's have here. It's a trend. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And police work is a fulfilling field. Um, you get to uh, meet people, sometimes at their worst and sometimes at their best, uh, but you also get to try to help people. You get to help communities. You get to help people. Uh, you try to do what you can to solve people's problems a lot of times. Uh, that's not always easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I love that. And so now how long have you been with the theft unit here? 30 in, years. Okay, so, so it just transitioned from Class C to yes. NSS. The Class C unit yeah. used to be right. two guys and a sergeant. Oh, wow. And okay. it, they did thefts, and, but they did a whole bunch of other things. So it transitioned from that. Um, when we were doing neighborhoods, and actually that's what neighborhood services section was, uh, we were doing neighborhood engagements. And what the new team is now doing, going to the neighborhood meetings, the detectives of those units went to, because we actually had assigned beats. We actually had uh, areas that we covered the crimes in that area at that particular time. So it transitioned into the theft unit. Uh, But it's called thefts and miscellaneous. 
Miscellaneous. That's that's pretty broad, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's whatever <laughs> any other department doesn't want to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> got it. Perfect. <laughs> we work thefts. We work uh, all Class Cs, all of the motor vehicle code. Um, we work uh, criminal mischiefs, uh, failure to identify, evading arrest, just all kinds of different crimes. Mm -hmm. It's not just thefts. We don't just handle thefts. We handle all kinds of other crimes, too. They just mean miscellaneous. Yes. You throw those all in there. Yes. <laughs> well, but we, they come up with a new law, we get it. Right, right. <laughs> well, we appreciate the work that you do. Well, it's that time of year again, and it's the time where we search for new recruits to join our police department team. The Waco Police Department's civil service test is scheduled for March 19th. This is a day where a written and physical test is complete that you have to pass to start the process in becoming a Waco police officer. Before the civil service test is taken, you must complete an online application that you can find on our website, wacopolice.com. The deadline to complete that application is March 1st. And for any questions, you can call our personnel unit at 254-750-7510. Uh, explain before we get into, you know, the numbers. We've talked about, you know, the increase in robberies and burglaries and things like that throughout our uh, podcast last year, but explain what theft is. Well, theft is taking a property from someone else by any several different means. There's different kinds of thefts, but without their permission or consent, basically. And so what's probably the biggest theft that you see that, you, that your detectives are dealing with? What are people stealing the most? What is, what is the biggest? A lot ticket? of it is almost half of our cases of thefts are actually shopliftings, where people go into stores and steal stuff from uh, the, the businesses. And uh, we have other kinds, too, uh, different kinds. You know, like you were saying, for fraud, we're seeing an increase in elderly abuse by theft, and that's, but that's more sophisticated. That's through computers, <coughs> cell phones, um, tablets, that kind of stuff. Right, right. kind of like scams and things like yes, that? Yes, and they're hard because of the fact that most of the people do not live in this state. Mm -hmm. They live either overseas, and they're doing it through the Internet, or they live in other states. In order for us to prosecute someone... Uh, in that kind of theft, a fraud like that, it has to be a felony because you have to be able to extradite them from another state. Right. And you know, the district attorney's office has to be willing to prosecute that felony. And what a lot of people don't understand, if it's a misdemeanor, even if we know who the person is that did the theft in that other state, we can't, we can't arrest them. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem yeah. because it's, it's beginning to get more and more. Right, right. Yeah, that I mean that's hard. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the the elderly and and their the issue that they have. So, what can what can they do or what can they be aware of to not become victim of those types of crimes? Well, number one is if somebody contacts you and wants you to do something now, that's that's two clues. Number one is if you weren't expecting the text or the call, then you need to be suspicious, and you need to listen to what they're asking. If they want you to do something immediately, like it's an emergency, you got to do this right now, uh, that's a problem because what it is is they're trying to prey upon you to get you to make a decision rashly and not think about what you're doing. And uh, we don't mind people and citizens calling us. If they have a call like that and they have a suspicion that it's, it's, a, it's a fake or they're being trying to be duped to give money, call us. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. Right, and we'll try right. to find out if it's really a real thing or not. Absolutely. A real thing. Yeah, and I feel like if it's a legitimate person, like the bank is legitimately contacting you, they're not going to be mad if you question it because no. of the prevalence of these 
as no. the case is. And if it's a if it's a thing that you have, like say you have an account, and they're saying, "Hey, this account is we need your information." Well, call them. Look at the number. You've got the paperwork for the the people to call. If you mm -hmm. have problems, call them. Yeah. Go around the the issue of these people. They want you to call their number because they've got their friend on the line. He's going to tell you, hey, I'm with the bank, or hey, I'm with this credit card company, or hey, I'm with Amazon. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big ones is Amazon. Really? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yes. I wouldn't think that that would that be. I haven't well, heard scammers that one. can get your information pretty easy over the internet, and they'll call you and say, hey, we have a problem with your order, because a lot of people order from Amazon. Oh. They're a big, they're a big sender, and so they'll say, we have an order. We need your information, and they'll get into a little by little on their personal information, like, well, okay, what's your address? What's your social security number? What's your driver's license number? Wow. And then they yeah. go to banking information. What's your routing number? What's your account number? So we can send you a refund. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's how they hook people. Wow. And then that, get that's them a to new get one. The information. Uh, and there's a lot of that like that. Right. But I mean, they, they also have other kinds too. You know, like, hey, your grandson's arrested. You need to pay his bail. That's yeah. another one too. That was one. Know. They called my grandpa and said somebody was in a car wreck. Like, grandpa, I'm in a car wreck. And then hang up. Yeah. And then call back, Grandpa, I need money. I was in a car wreck. And so he, he called my mom and was like, hey, were one of the kids in a car wreck? And she's like, no. But, I mean, that's a scam when I was working light duty. People mm -hmm. came in, and they they had become a victim of it. Yeah. And some people gave thousands upon thousands of dollars. They tried it on my dad. Yeah. They tried it on him <clears throat> saying my, his grandson was in another state working, and they were saying he was riding with this guy, and the guy was wanted, so they arrested him. There's drugs in the car, so he needs this for bail. And I had a hard time convincing my dad. I said, it's a scam. He says, well, why? I can't get a hold of my grandson. And I says, because they don't do that. Yeah. Police officers not call you up and say, I need this amount of money well, for your, your grandson's you. bail. I said, your grandson's going to be calling <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. And so I looked up the, uh, the address he, that he was wanting to send it to, and it was, it was fake. And I told him, I said, don't do it. But you'd be surprised how many people do. Yeah. Because they're being pressured, and that's what the scam is about—is the pressure. You got to do it now. They'll even uh, stay on the phone with them when they go to the bank and tell them how to take the money out of the bank, and then where to go. The biggest one is if they tell you to get gift cards. I've had that happen yes. to me. If yeah. they tell you to get gift cards, it's a scam. I'm telling you. Mm. The reason is you cannot trace gift card. You cannot trace those cards. Mm. Gift cards are bought in blocks by different institutions, financial institutions. They don't track them. They just see how much money is left on the card, and when it's done, they close that card out. They don't trace them, wow. and they're not traceable. That's why they want you to get gift cards, because there's no way to trace them. Because you're going to give them the number off the mm -hmm. back, and you're going to give them the PIN code off the back of that card, and when you do, they're going to siphon the money electronically off, and, and there's no way to trace them. Mm -hmm. right. One that I heard of last week, and it's I heard of it happening in Colleen, so I can only imagine it's either happening in Waco or going to happen. But these scammers are telling people, hey, you've got a warrant. Yes. Meet me at the police station. Yes. They will meet in the police station parking lot. They will exchange money with a detective. And because it's a small enough amount of money, it's not getting reported probably as much as it's happening because, like, you know, some of these elaborate ones, hey, you know, you need $10,000. Yeah. That's questionable. Hey, it's five hundred dollars, but it, you know, if you give me two hundred dollars cash right now, like I'll, I'll go ahead and just drop the case. Well, our detectives can't do that. No, <laughs> yes. for anyone we don't need cash. We Even if that. you're meeting at the police station, like I think they've gotten so bold and 
it's meeting at the police station. And now that we've got this safe exchange place, I'm worried that that's going to happen in Waco. Safe exchange place not is not for our detectives yeah. to exchange money and with Our felons. detectives do not detectives take money. The only thing the that we <laughs> usually do, like if we have a, uh, let's say somebody um, did a criminal mischief and the company just wants restitution. They don't want to prosecute. Uh, we'll actually tell the people, okay, they want, they want restitution. They don't want to prosecute you. Uh, we'll tell them, bring us a cashier's check in that company's name, mm. not ours, yeah. <laughs> not the police department's. Mm -hmm. And don't leave it blank. It's yeah. got to be that company's on there. And then when we turn it over to that company, we write them, uh, we write a uh, property release showing that we gave them the money and somebody mm -hmm. has to sign for it. That's the only thing that Texas will do. They won't take cash. They won't take credit cards. Mm -hmm. They'll take a cashier's check. And money's not going to make a, a warrant go away either. No. Like, there's a whole process with that. Yes. But and money if, doesn't if just If a detective does do that, they're going to go to prison. Yeah, yes, that's They'll true. They'll be right there with you. <laughs> right next to you. Crime Stoppers is an organization which bridges the gap between law enforcement and the community so together we can solve crimes in our neighborhoods. Crime Stoppers encourages the community to assist in the fight against crime by overcoming the two key elements which inhibit community involvement, fear and apathy. Crime Stoppers allow citizens to anonymously submit tips. Tips can get you up to a $2,000 reward if it leads to an arrest or solves a crime. Tips can be submitted by calling 254-753-HELP, which is 4357, visiting WacoCrimeStoppers.org or downloading the P3 app. Remember, tip submission is always anonymous and can lead to a reward of up to $2,000. Now, as far as let's get into a little bit of the numbers, in 2020, we had 180 theft cases just in the month of December. And then in 2021, those cases went up to 259. So December of 2021, we had 259 cases. Usually that kind of, we see an increase around the holidays, right? Because a lot of thefts, that could even be porch pirates that take those packages from... Uh, from the front door. So is that kind of maybe the increase you saw or why? Well, uh, usually from uh, Thanksgiving to the Christmas holidays and a little bit, maybe a week or two after, we have an increase in thefts just, just because of seasonal things. Number one is uh, crooks or opportunists. Mm -hmm. If they can steal something they think they can get away with not being caught, they'll do it. Uh, and during the holidays, especially around Christmas, people are busy buying gifts, they're busy shopping, they're busy doing things, uh, but the thieves also are watching. So if you're in a store and you leave your purse in your basket and you turn your back, maybe go down the aisle just a little bit, they're watching you to see if you do that and they're gonna take it first as soon as they can. Right. Or if you leave gifts in your car or leave your purse where it's visible in the car, mm -hmm. they're going through the parking lot and they're looking around and if they can see it. And a lot of people don't even lock the doors to their car. They can just open the door and steal the gifts. Or I think I locked my car like five times as I'm walking away from it. I'm like, <laughs> locked, yep, locked, yep, okay. <laughs> uh, and, so, and sometimes they'll break the windows, but that's rare now. Uh, most people are, are because a lot of cars have alarms on them, so they don't want to be noticed, so they're going to pull the doors that's not locked or have the opportunity to steal your phone or your wallet, something at the store when you're not paying attention. Or like you said, porch pirates. That's becoming more and more prevalent too. Mm -hmm. Do you think there might be, I mean, it, it, there is a big difference, but there isn't a big increase between the 180 and the 259, depends on who you ask. But, uh, you know, do you think there might have been a difference between the year 2020 and 2021, why we saw a little bit of an uptick? Well, there's a multitude of reasons, but I think the major ones are, number one, Waco's growing. 
Waco is, is getting to be a big town. If you go around and you look at the number of houses that are being built, they're even building new schools, and the number of businesses that they're building here in Waco. It's not a small town anymore. It's getting to be one of the major uh, cities along I-35, and it's centrally located, so a lot of businesses are building warehouses here. So you're having an increase in population. If you have an increase in population, you have an increase in the number of people who are coming that are criminals. So you're going to have an increase in crime just because of the number of people that are coming to live here and to work here. But also, uh, like we said during the end of the years, you have all the opportunities, crimes, and things going on. Plus you have an increase in the sophistication and the money that people are getting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you said, $10,000. We've had people that's had $30,000 stolen. Wow. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. And they were pressured to do it. <coughs> and it went overseas, mm -hmm. most of it. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to trace it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we talked a little bit about how to prevent those types of crimes over the phone kind of scams or email scams, anything like that. What about, uh, is there a way to prevent maybe those porch pirates? Uh, surveillance systems is one way. It, uh, uh, there's more people that are getting uh, surveillance systems that actually connect to their uh, phones so that they actually see when it's mm -hmm. occurring. Um, making a report. You'd be surprised how many people don't report it. Uh, that you, make, you need to make a report. That also increases your numbers too, though, on your thefts when you do that. That's true. The more That's people true. report, you're going to have an increase mm -hmm. because you've got people who normally would not are now making, are making reports, but they can also provide videos uh, of the thefts and uh, help us try to find out who the person is. Most of the criminals are not just doing one or two crimes. Most of them are doing the multitude of your crimes. And you may have one person that may be responsible for a lot of your porch pirate cases. Yeah. So when you find them, you might find a, a solution to a lot of cases. Right. I think that's something I, I've noticed a lot is even in my neighborhood, we've got our little Facebook group, and people will post maybe a picture of a package being stolen off their front porch, and they'll say, hey, does anyone know this guy? Someone will comment, have you reported it to police? And they say, well, no. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to really... I, I understand Facebook's a great resource, and someone might know the person that you're posting, and I know the Criminal Investigation Division has their own Facebook page that yes. they post videos and photos of uh, with cases that they need to solve. Uh, however, what are you going to do when, I mean, they can't, you can't arrest that person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have uh, education, number one is. If you've been a victim of a crime, you need to report it to the police department because it may be, uh, your case may be the one piece of information that we're looking for, that one extra thing that helps us uh, solve a case. Uh, videos are really good. They're good at solving cases, but uh, video is just video. I mean, if you have poor video, and some of these people, you know, they expect us to solve a crime by a grainy video that they're 150 feet away from the camera <laughs> right. yes. and it's raining at night mm. and they think we're, we're able to blow it up and enhance it yes. to solve the case. Well, that's not true. Yeah. So uh, something we learned in class last week was five megapixel. Make sure your camera has at least five megapixel because otherwise it's a grainy video that makes the detective's job a lot harder. Yes. So if it's five megapixels or greater, they can actually look at it and it's they considered it evidence quality at that point. So it's well, a lot of people don't realize that uh, all video now is digital and that's pixels. So when you blow up a picture that is pixels, it pixelates the picture. Yes. So you try to look at a license plate number that you've blown up and it actually blows up the pixels so you can't read it. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem too. Yeah. I mean, the old video films used to be 
hard copies that you could blow up because it was actually uh, film. It was not pixels, yeah. camera pixels. Yeah. So I mean, cameras have come a long way, but they still aren't, you know, they can only help in so many ways at the same time. Now, overall, uh, from it, the whole year, 2020 and 2021, there was a 15% increase in thefts and fraud. We went from about a little over 2,400 cases in 2020 to 2,700 cases. Um, so, did, I mean, do you guys feel, what, when there is an increase, do you guys feel that there is an increase as cases come in, or is an increase like that Yeah, we can, like we can see it and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of, I think a lot of the increase in cases is a fact of COVID, uh, people being out of work. Um, you have people who, when they're not working, they get desperate. I mean, uh, they got to eat. They got to have gas in their car. Uh, they got to try to make a living. And when they're out of work, uh, uh, they can only survive so long on the uh, money that they get for being out of work. Uh, in fact, I think at the end of uh, 2020, there was a review about ending those payments. And there was also one, again, end of 21 that they were talking about cutting off those funds after a certain period of time for those people who were unemployed. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people were feeling the pinch and your crime goes up when people are not working. Want to help right. solve crime in your neighborhood? Well, the Neighborhood Camera Initiative is something you might want to sign up for. Ring doorbells, nest cameras, and all the other camera security systems installed on homes and businesses that are facing public areas are tools that could help our officers solve very important crimes. By signing up your camera or cameras in the Neighborhood Camera Initiative, it allows our officers' knowledge to where these cameras are, and if a crime had happened, it could have possibly saw the incident in question. You can sign up your camera on the City of Waco website at wacopolice.com. And there's a lot of uh, businesses that uh, didn't survive COVID. They went out of business, and they're out of business now. And so there's a lot of people who are still out of work. Yeah, no, it has been a rough year for uh, a lot of us, many people. Of course, crime is not the answer, though. No, no, never is. <laughs> not the answer, never, never is. is, never no. is. So uh, anything, any last thoughts before we uh, close this out? Anything that you would like to let the public know? Um, well, I guess one thing we didn't talk about were catalytic converter thefts. Mm -hmm. Those are very frequent. Uh, what's yes. something people can do to maybe prevent that from happening? Well, you can uh, engrave uh, a number on your catalytic converter uh, with a, an electric engraver if you can. Uh, you can use, write the license plate number of your car. You can also uh, put the VIN number, or you can put your driver's license number on it if it's your car, a personal car. Of course, the businesses are going to probably use the VIN number or their license plate number because mm -hmm. they're more expensive. But the catalytic converter thefts have gone down, but that's because the legislature changed the law. They can only now get a certain amount of money. Before, they were getting, uh, depending on the size of the converter, and the rare metals that were inside of it is what they're actually wanting to get mm -hmm. because there's rare earth metals inside of those catalytic converters uh, that are very expensive and they were very lucrative for the uh, companies that take in metals. Right. And so they were giving a portion of whatever they can make, the companies can make off of the converter, they were giving it to the people that were bringing them in. Well, now they're requiring them to show cause of who they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number one is, if you bring in a lot of catalytic converters, you don't work for a wrecking yard, you don't work for an automotive yard, they may not take them. And also, uh, you only get a certain amount of money. They don't do a percentage of it anymore. It's just a set fine, a set mm -hmm. amount of money that you mm -hmm. get for those converters. So those are probably going to go down. Yeah, and you've seen that go down a little bit since that law's been passed. A little passed. bit, 
a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But well, you know, criminals are, they're very imaginative. They are. Uh, some of them, if they went to work for their regular businesses, they could probably make a lot of money, but they would rather not. They would rather figure out ways to go around the law. Right, right. And as they adapt, you guys have to adapt too. Exactly. And I mean, it's just a constant cycle, but... Uh, thank you so much, Detective, for okay. coming on. Any, anything else before we before you? Yeah, we need people. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to always be the plug That's here at the thing, very yeah. end. Yes. Well, yes. Waco Police Department is not just a, uh, a business and not just uh, uh, people and friends. It's a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we treat each other like family, and uh, police work is very good work to be in. Uh, it's very fulfilling, uh, but we need dedicated and really educated people to work for us. Uh, not getting on the negative side, but a lot of police officers are getting old. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of us that are getting up in age, so there's gonna be quite a few that probably retire in the next five years, and so we're gonna need new people. Mm-hmm. So if, if you feel like you wanna be a police officer, check it out. Get on our website, get an application, talk to some of us. There's policemen in your neighborhood, I'm sure, that live there. Yeah. So talk to us or talk to him. <clears throat> Talk to other people and uh, see how you can get in. A lot of people, believe it or not, come to police work by referrals. They talk to an officer on the street or they talk to a detective or they're friends with one and they talk to them and we encourage them and they actually apply. Right, right. you don't know until you apply, right? No. That's right. You That's just exactly what happened out. to me. A friend yeah. told me to come apply and I did and here we are. <laughs> hey, look, I got into it by accident. So, yeah. uh, you know, we do need very dedicated mm-hmm. people and we're going to need, uh, as the years get along, people retire, we're going to need more. Right. Well, you can apply WacoPolice.com. We've got applications open until March 1st. That's when our civil service test will be happening shortly after that. So, yeah, if anyone would like to be, you know, a part of our family, we are welcomed, wel- welcoming you with open arms. Exactly. That's for sure. Since we talked about it, what would your advice to someone on the fence or thinking about getting into police work? Well, if you like mysteries and solving them, that's one thing. And if you like working with people and trying to figure out why they do what they do, that's another thing. So if you're one of those type of people, we want you. Okay, yeah, bring it. Good. Well, Detective, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here thank you. on our Waco PD on the Beat Stats of Theft episode. Uh, guys, don't steal. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Until next time. Have a good one, Waco. Waco PD on the Beat. The heartbeat serving 